Welcome to r slash malicious compliance, where an angry neighbor manages to get his own car towed. Our next Reddit post is from Gab Gab. I was visiting my mother with my car, picking her up to go to a restaurant. Near her house, I was having trouble finding a parking spot, so I parked my car near an entryway. I put the word parked in quotes because I kept the car running and I stayed behind the wheel, texting my mom to come out because I'm waiting for her in case I have to move the car to let someone else pass. While I was waiting for my mom, another resident pulled up in his car and went into the entryway. I had to move my car a bit to let him in. The dude exited his car and came to me red-faced. What do you think you're doing? You can't park here. That's illegal. I said, that's why the car is running and I'm sitting inside. I'm not parking. Like hell you are. I'm calling the tow service and you better not move. And then he went into his home. So I complied. I was pissed, but I stayed. Technically, I could have just left, driving carefully around him. He never wrote down my license plate, and I didn't violate any rules, but he said to not move, so I didn't. When my mom came down, I explained the situation to her, and she agreed with me that I hadn't broken any laws. A few minutes later, the tow truck came. I stepped out of my car with a bit of a scowl on my face, ready to clear up the misunderstanding, but instead, the tower took the initiative with a smile. Ah, I see what's going on. You got blocked in. Let me fix that for you. And he towed the other guy's car. In the end, the angry dude had to pay to get his own car back, as well as pay for the towing since he called the tow service. And I got a nice meal at a restaurant and a funny story to tell. So a really common internet meme is to say that someone played a reverse Uno card on someone else. But in this case, this guy played a reverse Uno on himself. (laughs) The other guy in the car effectively played the draw four cards, then played reverse Uno on his own draw four card. Okay, what an idiot. Our next Reddit post is from Punkamon. I used to work for a car rental company. During my time there, the company continuously changed policies regarding debit card for rentals because of the large amount of fraudulent transactions associated with them. This caused a lot of drama with customers, in particular with return customers who hadn't been in since the policy change. Around the end of each school year, many people rent minivans or SUVs to pick up their kids and a bunch of their stuff from college. I had one such customer who didn't qualify for the rental vehicle she reserved. Per my training, I wasn't allowed to rent anything larger than a sedan because she didn't have a credit card. When I informed her that I could only give her a Hyundai Elantra, she became enraged. She stated that the previous year, she was able to rent a minivan under a debit card. And I informed her the policy had changed since then. She refused to acknowledge that I was doing my job properly. I repeated company policy multiple times, and I did my best to inform her that I was doing the best I could with the current situation. She refused any attempt I made to placate her. My manager eventually stepped in, and he broke down and did the rental for an SUV against company policy. The entitled woman smirked at me and pushed a stack of post-it notes that was on the counter in front of me. She said, You shouldn't be in customer service, and I'm going to report you to corporates. I want you to write your name on this paper. Without missing a beat, I took the pad and wrote the words, your name, on the top sheet, ripped it off, and handed it to her. Apparently, she didn't notice until she was in the parking lot with my manager and her husband to inspect the vehicle. When my manager came back in the office, he said, her husband wants me to write you up because you didn't give them your real name. Then he started laughing and said, 
but I am not going to do that because you followed the company policy and you did exactly what that lady asked you to do. She gave us a horrible survey and it tanked our bonus for that quarter, but it was totally worth it to put that rude woman in her place. Our next Reddit post is from Respect Forever. Every once in a while I think about this story while I'm idly playing Sudoku on my phone and it makes me smile. I realize that it's perfect malicious compliance slash petty revenge material. I don't want to go into too much detail here, but some background is needed. A few years ago when I was in grad school, I dated a man who was several years older than me who had just finished his master's at the same school. He had a completely different program from me, but we were both in the realm of STEM. He had started a company based on that work. He seemed to have a chip on his shoulder about the fact that he went back to school in his late 20s and the fact that I was in a PhD program. I need to emphasize that I did not think that I was better or smarter than him in any way, and I thought and still think that he's incredibly smart and his company does fascinating work. But he still projected his inferiority complex on me, and it was one of the many things that soured our relationship. He was obsessed with feeling smarter than me and bringing me down a peg. The relationship ran its course within a year, and the breakup was messy. But he insisted on remaining friends despite a lot of obvious tension between us. One day, he asked me to help him pick up a moving truck that he needed for work, and I agreed. But when I got in the car, we were kind of quiet for a couple of minutes, so I pulled out my phone and finished a Sudoku game that I had up in my browser. For some context, I'm incredibly good at Sudoku relative to most people. This is because I obsessively solved Sudoku puzzles as a kid, and I just had big books of them to solve on long bus rides to school. And it's still my go-to game to play while I'm waiting in line, pooping, etc. I don't really correlate this with intelligence. My brain is just trained to recognize patterns, and solving them is soothing. He looked over and saw what I was playing and asked what app I played on. I said that I just play on a certain website that I like, and when he asked why I don't use a Sudoku app, I tried to be as neutral as possible in my response, and I said that the website had a nice spread of difficulty, and that every app I tried had either been all too easy or too hard. Admittedly, it's almost always too easy, but because of the aforementioned inferiority complex, I was hedging this on purpose. He had a kind of, oh really, response and he insisted I try the app that he had on his phone because he was sure that I would find it hard. So, I maliciously complied. I opened up the hardest setting of puzzle in his app and solved it in about one minute, beating the record on his phone by at least a minute and a half. I showed it to him, and he seemed alarmed and basically said that I got lucky. So, I played several more times so that my times flooded the fastest times list until all of his were gone. His shock and frustration at this was satisfying on its own. But many months later, when I had long forgotten about it, he randomly sent me a screenshot of his puzzle in the app with a faster time. Except, it was for the easiest puzzle setting. So, of course, to be petty. I immediately downloaded the app, played on the easiest setting, beat his time by a significant margin again, and sent him a screenshot. Was this mean? Maybe. Was it satisfying? Yes. Down in the comments, we have this story from there out there. Our family was at a Christmas party when one of the son-in-laws of our friend was going on and on about how he was a boggle master. We told him that my wife would beat him. 
He asked about her and her background, and she told him that she had just finished an associate's degree in business. He laughed and went on about his engineering PhD and how he had been an engineering professor for 10 years. We all continued to warn him and tell him that it wasn't too late to walk away. If he chose to go down that path, his ego would never recover. He, of course, scoffed and laughed. Two hours later, he was suffering from an existential crisis and nearly in shock. My wife swept all the games, and he never stood a chance. He didn't win a single round, and we all laughed at him and told him that, well, he was warned. My wife used to go to baby showers or bridal showers, and they would have games where they'd give you this long word or name, and you'd have to make as many words as possible using the letters. Her best friend would always announce that my wife would win. No one ever believed it, until five minutes in when people would have a page of words and she'd be on her third page. She had to start sitting them out just because she didn't want to ruin other people's fun. Never underestimate someone's ability to excel in really obscure games. Natural talent will often beat education. Today's episode is sponsored by Sunbasket. Because of COVID, I literally haven't gone to the grocery store in like two years. Obviously because I don't want COVID to kill me, but also because I do voice work, so I don't think my fans would really enjoy my content if I catch COVID and I have to record episodes like, Welcome to r slash pro revenge. That's why I love, love, love services like Sunbasket. Sunbasket is a meal delivery service that delivers healthy meals straight to your door. They offer organic produce, sustainable seafoods and meats, and best of all, it's honestly really tasty. The other thing I like about it is that they don't only send you meals to cook. Like, yeah, you'll have ingredients and instructions for how to cook a healthy meal, but they also give you snacks, and who doesn't like snacks? Look, I'm just going to read the names of some of these dishes so you can get an idea of what we're talking about. Pan-seared salmon tikka masala over rainbow quinoa. Honey balsamic glazed chicken with warm cabbage apple salad. Chipotle barbecue tofu salad with black beans and honey mustard vinaigrette. Right now, Sunbasket is offering $90 off and a free gift when you order. Go to sunbasket.com slash r slash and enter the promo code r slash at checkout. Our next Reddit post is from Rock Melons or God. So this happened to my roommate while he was abroad for a semester. So, for reference, my roommate Sally speaks three languages, English, French, and Spanish. I only speak English and Spanish. We decided to go to Canada for our semester abroad because snow, maple syrup, and fun. And during this time, we would generally communicate in English because that's what everyone else was using, with the occasional break in Spanish when we needed to discuss something private or when our brains got tired and it was easier to speak in our native tongue. At a party that Sally and I were at, we were talking in Spanish about a private issue and we were approached by this drunken girl who loudly exclaimed that we should be speaking the language of the land. We ignored her. After some more drunken shouting, she yelled, This is Canada! Speak the language! Sally grinned and answered, Okay, before busting into French. Our next Reddit post is from Bill's Bayou. I was in a side impact car accident and it was really brutal. This was in the days before airbags or seatbelt laws. One second I'm driving, and the next, I'm halfway out the passenger window watching blood run off my head to pull in the glass of a previously closed window. Another second ticks by, and I'm in the ER receiving 13 crude stitches for an 11 inches wide open scalp. I lost more than two pints of blood and a large patch of hair. I also lost my favorite white fishnet t-shirt, but that's a separate tragedy. 
That Friday was a Labor Day weekend, so that's how my name showed up in a newspaper list of Labor Day weekend accidents. Tuesday comes, and I go to class at the local college. Being a teenager, I was naturally tough. There I was, fully mobile just four days after a serious car accident. For the sake of propriety, I was wearing a hat to cover my fresh injury. It was a white Panama hat with a bright 80s-style hat band. Since this happened in 1983, everything was 80s-style, but that's a separate tragedy. Hobbling along, I make it to sociology just as class was beginning. I take a seat at the back of class and settle in. The conversation went something like this. Excuse me, could you remove your hat, please? The teacher had her own sense of propriety. My hat didn't fit with proper classroom attire. I was in a car accident, I replied. Take the hat off. You cannot wear that in my class. Clearly, she was not happy with my hat. Not at all. Well, okay then. Off comes my hat. Roughly a third of my hair had been shaved off. The wound was pink and puckered. The seam had a line of dried blood in it. The wound began an inch beyond my missing hairline and continued back, branching into a Y shape. The surgeon's instructions were to keep the wound clean, dry, and unbandaged. Lucky for all in attendance, my mother had washed my scalp the previous day. She used the word gore at some point to describe what was washing off. Now, imagine that you were one of my classmates. Whatever you would say at that point would be something I heard from my classmates and friends. Uh, you can put your hat back on, said the teacher. Not before a little malicious compliance, I won't. But I can't wear hats in class, I replied. I mean, I can do it, but not if I'm breaking the rules. Please put your hat on. Okay, if you insist. And the hat went back on my head. My advice is not to engage in malicious compliance on the first day of class. Not in a course where the teacher gives essay questions. That was the only C that I received that semester, but that's a separate tragedy. Our next Reddit post is from Chris Hansen Fetish. The entry-level position at my old company is a revolving door. The pay is low, the work is unrewarding, and the expectations are unattainably high for the vast majority of the staff. The average time in that position is six months. This is by design. It's a position that requires minimal training, and there are plenty of applicants willing to work for minimum wage. It's actually a really great entry into the field, and it uses all the industry standard practices and tools. Most people use it as a launching point for a successful career and move on to a higher paying job after half a year. One of the cool things about the position is that they offer a great perk for paid time off. You get one hour of paid time off for every 30 hours worked. There are no caps on accrual or limits on usage. It's a great way to attract recent college graduates to the position. They feel like they're getting a great benefit, and the company knows that they'll be gone in six months anyway, so they don't end up paying for a lot of time off. I took that job fully expecting to be gone within one year, but I ended up thriving in that position. My bosses were impressed, and they offered me raises if I would stay with the company and increase my scope of responsibility. Every single time I started to think that my career was stagnating, they would make staying in that position worth it. After a couple of years, I had learned enough that I felt confident in my ability to take on a mid-level role, so I asked for consideration. The mid-level role comes with benefits and a salary, along with a title that would look great on my resume. The drawback was that this position had a cap of four days of paid time off per year. Still, it would be a great stepping stone in my career, so I was eager to move up. 
The only problem is that the mid-level position hires from a pool of candidates who have an MBA, which I don't have. My boss told me that they would love to have me work on that team and would give me a good raise, but I wouldn't get the title, salary, or benefits without an MBA. Huh, <laughs> works for me. I know how to write a resume and present myself in an interview, so the job title is meaningless as long as I'm doing the work of that role. The pay increase would be great leverage while I search for a new job. And I don't need the benefits. I don't need to be on the company's healthcare plan because I get free healthcare from the VA. I don't need their 401k plan because my wife's company has a better one. I don't need their student loan repayment benefits because the GI Bill paid for my degree. So I took the promotion, but I kept my original title. I don't think they realize that this means that I also keep my original paid time off structure. And at my new pay rate, giving me that much paid time off would be kind of expensive. About a year into that position, I was ready to move on. I told my boss that I wanted to use all of my available paid time off, and he said, No problem. Enjoy your four days. No, you don't understand. My job title is still that entry-level position, so I'm off for the next six weeks. I actually did take a full month and a half off, and I had a great time. Then I started job hunting full-time and quickly got offers. When my paid time off was over, I came back to the company with my two weeks notice. The timing was bad for that company because they didn't plan on spending that much on paid time off that quarter. I hope they've revisited their decision to tell me that I was capable of doing the job, but not qualified for the benefits of that job. Alright, cool, that's like a funny story and all, but what I want to know is, who's going to go get an MBA and then work for four days of vacation a year? <laughs> Especially when the entry-level guy is getting a month and a half of vacation. That was r slash malicious compliance, and if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast, because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.